single inspiration. And we'll learn more about that, why that word is important in just a little bit. Given to them from God, people such as kings, shepherds, prophets, physicians, tradesmen, politicians, and even slaves were used by God to record God's word and to bring us the book or the Bible, which you now possess. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That is 2 Timothy 3.16. The Bible is inspired or originated by God. We read where God spoke to Adam, Cain, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and others. These men communicated God's word by the word of mouth to others because writing had not yet been invented. Moses was the first author of scripture with whom Numbers 12.8 says, God spoke mouth to mouth. And every... Is that a, apparently? Apparently not in dark speech to him. Moses then wrote the first five books of the Bible, which included the Ten Commandments given by God. These writings have been called the Pentateuch, or the Law of Moses, and the Jews call the Old Testament writings the Torah, which is translated the Law. So we are going to skip down a little bit and just talk about um, where the first five books we just spoke was written by Moses. And then there's 12 books of history. There's five books of poetry, five major prophet books, and there are 12 minor prophet books which combine 39 books in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the authors include Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Timothy, and Peter. And others bring us up to the time period of 100 AD after death, meaning the death of Jesus. These individuals, as well as other, authored the 27 New Testament books, making a total of 66 books to, to comprise the entire book called the Bible. So, I wanted just to look at, so one of the statements was made is that God had used a slave And so does anybody know what slave God used as far as one of the authors? Ooh, you people look weird when I look at you. Everybody gets fuzzy. It was Moses. So I just wanted to just, you know, not instead of just reading, I wanted to add some. So you know, Moses, it says in Acts 22, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So if you remember the story of Moses, Moses was a Hebrew baby. So they were, at that point, they were in captivity. So they were slaves. I mean, there was, even in the, 
let, how would you say it? As far as the, even the, the lower end of the Egyptians were not educated. So writing and higher education was only for the wealthier royalty. So really, you look at the intricacy of God. How Moses' mother put him in that basket. And he went down and Pharaoh's daughter found him. And then took him as her own. Really, and gave him the life and the education that he would need later to write the first five books. I mean, really, isn't that just incredible? I was just thinking about that as I was reading it, just how incredible God's word is just so intricate. And it doesn't matter how many times you read it, you're just like, man, Lord, you're just so amazing. So it goes on. Inspiration. God's breath. God breathed. As it was stated earlier in 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us, all scripture is given for inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and in righteousness. Inspired by God literally means God breathed. And it is from the Greek word Theotostos, is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Its Hebrew counterpart are found in Genesis chapter 1 when God breathed the spoken word and creation came into being. And when God formed man out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into man, the breath of life. And through that inspiration, the breath of God, man became a living soul just as God's word became alive in us. As we read then, as we read then in the book called the Bible. Wow. You know, as I was reading that, I just, it never... I mean, we look at Genesis and it talks about we're created in his image and in his likeness. And I, as I was reading it and, and studying, I just was thinking about that. You know, you think about, I mean, God it says God spoke in the beginning and it was all creation. And then he formed us from the dust of the earth. But then that same spoken word which was breath which was inspired by God he breathed in us life and so that it just really kind of gave me the revelation to think about because there's sometimes I read the word and it's just like something leaps inside of me and I get so excited I'm like man Lord thank you for that today thank you for that because I needed that today I, I needed that because and because of my circumstances because of my situation because of Life, you know. Um, if anybody ever said the Christian life is easy, they lied to you. <laughs> that's, that's a straight up truth, they lied to you. <laughs> but in Christ, you can find joy. 
you know, and you can find peace, but you have to look for it. So we are going to skip some things. I'm going to read a little bit more, and then we're going to skip some of it just so we're not totally just reading verbatim. And I also want to leave it so that as, as I want you to go home and I want you guys to <clears throat> really read these. That's the idea of it. The idea of it is that as a congregation and, and those that are online, that you know we start as a community starting to grab a hold of the Word of God together. And we're building something together. And that's what family looks like. You know, that's what, what the God, God's idea of the body of Christ is. And so uh, I'm just really excited about <clears throat> having, a, a, you know, God is a pattern God. And I'm just so excited about the pattern and, and, and structure because structurally, like you take a look at children. What are your children like when there's no structure? Lord, have mercy on us. <laughs> you know, they are just running wild. But when, when them children have structure, the, the thing is, is they're happier. You know, they, they actually will learn more. They'll actually grow, you know. And so the same thing, it doesn't matter how old we are, or what age we are, you know, that's why the Word of God will give us, when we have that structure, I feel loved. That's what I love. I mean, you know, Jesus is my best friend. He just is. I, I, I can't explain it. He just, all I can say is he never left me or forsaken me. And all my things I've gone through in my life, um, he's always been right here. And I, I think it has to do with just the way I got saved. And I was just broken and, and lost and angry. And, and it's like when I got saved in those moments, I just remember as a young man, 21 years old, and, you know, you're at that age, you're kind of prideful and you got a chip on your shoulder and think you're a tough guy and all that. But I just remember driving home from Bible school and, the presence of God, because I never felt love from a man my whole life. So I just felt, for the presence of God will come into my car. And it, I just felt like the arms of God were wrapped around me. And I, I literally would have to pull off the side, because I was weeping uncontrollably. Because I never felt that kind of love. And in that moment, he, in those moments, he captured me. Because I... How can I, where else can I go? What else can I do? When you, when you have touched that everlasting love and, it, and it's just, you know, the thing about God, we make it hard sometimes, but he's just, he's always right here. And all we got to do is say Jesus. And in that moment, he'll rescue us. He'll be, he'll be everything that we need him to be. The preservation of God's unchanging word. The record of God's word has remained unchanged down through the centuries. The most convincing proof 
that the, that the wonderful word of God remains preserved is founded in the riches of the Bible itself. For in the book of Matthew 5, verse 18, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Till the heaven and earth pass away, not a jot nor a tittle. And then it also has there, in, in the newer translations, it says a dotted I or a cross T. Shall in no, way, no wise shall pass, shall pass from the law till it is fulfilled. So what does that mean? That God's word is everlasting. That you can take it to the bank. That if he said it, it will happen. And that's why when we serve God, changes everything in our life. When we apply his word to our life, it changes everything. Because what else are we going to measure it by? The world? I mean, I lived in the world for 20-some years of my life, and, and I've always been a little crazy, so... You know, so I've just, I live for the world. But I'll never forget when that man asked me, he said, would you, would you like to get saved? And I looked at him, I said, well, what does that, what does that mean? And he explained it to me. And I didn't really fully understand it, but I looked at him and I said this. I said, something has got to be better than this. Because I said, I'm not happy. I've done it all, I've tried it all, all that, but I am not happy. And I can honestly say, from the moment I accepted Jesus, my life has forever been changed. And, you know, I find my joy in His presence. You know, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like this, this, as I said before, this life is hard at times. And, but worship is just like, for me, is, it's kind of like that, like water. It's like so many times during the day, I'm just like, you get caught up in things and, and um, or I'll be upset about something and I just can't get free. I just can't find a way out. And I'll go over to my phone and I'll turn my worship on, I'll turn my music on, and, 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 the and I don't even know when it happens. But in a period of time later, man, next thing you know, I'm singing, I'm dancing, and that thing that was on me is no longer there. It doesn't mean that it's gone. But sometimes we need a way to find a way out. 
And if we keep going to that, he just continues to set us free little by little by little. We're going to skip ahead a little bit here. It says, God has declared and preserved the preservation of his word to us in Matthew 24, 3. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And one of the headings is, the word can't return void. So we go to Isaiah 55, 11, tells us, so shall my word go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. Wow. I love that. God's word so shall prosper you. You know, when we don't know what to do or how to make sense of our circumstances, there's something about reading God's Word that changes something on the inside of you. It changes something, you know, in Scripture it says we all prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect comes, the word perfect there in the Greek is where we get the word telos, T-E-L-O-S. And it's where we get our English word telescope. So what happens is as we read the word, as we get a perfect, God is always adjusting our telos. So something that seemed far away, something that seemed like there's no way I could ever get through that or whatever. But as God's word washes over us, as we press in, God adjusts our telos. God adjusts things in our lives so that the thing that seemed far away is now becoming more clear. Situations, circumstances, finances. God is always moving on our behalf. The power of the word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and it is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide the sundrum of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents Intense of the heart. Notice it does not say that the word of God is quickness, nor it has power, but it said the word of God is quick and powerful. Now we're just going to touch on the, the Greek, zoe. What the translation means, to, to live or to have life. A little further down it says, the word of God is alive. Jesus even said, my word 
My words are spirit and they are life. Or we could say they contain life. So like in scripture it says that it is water to our soul. And so as we read the word of God the very thing that we were created, the very thing that God breathed into us is where we're turning back to. And that's really why, you know, the Word of God, we're just even emphasize why the Word of God is so important. Because really, it goes back to where we were formed or, or how we were created. We go back to that breath and that, that inspiration. And when we do that, I don't think we, we really realize, but what we're doing is we're going back to the design of God. We're going back to where the image in which he created us. And so when, anytime you take something back to its original form, it's like healing. So when God heals someone, now he can heal you. But a lot of times when God heals someone, what does he do? They're like, that thing is brand new. That person just got a brand new liver. That person just got a brand new heart. That person, it, it, the cancer is totally gone. All the tumors are gone. It's almost as if everything is new. Because God brings it back to its original. Back to his original creation, his, his original design. And that's who our God is. So a little further down in 2 Kings 2.19 convey to us the nature of God's word stating God is, good is the word of God. So God's word is good. God's word is good. God's word will bless you and it will simplify your life. The Word of God, the Bible, is a Christian standard of right and wrong. Psalms 13.4. Substantiates this for us by declaring the Word of the Lord is right. Hmm. That is amazing. So in Psalms 119, 105. Oh, I love this. God says, the word is a lamp unto my feet. Verse 16, it shall uphold me. 133, God's word will order our steps. 148, God's word is good for meditation. 162, God's word will cause us to rejoice. 170, God's word will deliver you. I mean, when you just read that, doesn't just something leap inside you? Then something just like, I don't know, I just get stirred and, and I start reading them like that and it's just, it's just, all of a sudden you're just like, you're just stirred. We'll read a little bit further. 
The Word brings life. God's Word will heal you. Psalms 107 says, He sent His Word and healed them. Psalms 119, 25, and 50 says, God's Word will quicken you. That is to cause you to come alive. No matter what your circumstances is, when you read God's Word, God is trying to breathe new life in you. Breathe a new hope in you. I just kept hearing the word hope this morning. As I was praying, as I was looking at this, I was like, okay, Lord, the life. But, but what does that mean to me? It's like, because so many times I need hope. Because I can't see my worry out. I can't see my circumstances. I can't. But it's like, but I know that I, when I read that it is life. It becomes alive in me. And so my hope is renewed. I don't know about you, but I need my hope renewed. Amen? On a daily basis, we need our hope renewed. We, you know, we need to find the presence of God. Because we're not just here to exist, but we're here to change. The very situations, the very... It's kind of like this week, I, uh, or the other day. Um, on Sunday, a good friend of mine passed away. 39 years old. I've known him for three years, and he's a friend of a friend that we golf with. And just a wonderful guy. I mean, he's just... But I got to spend some time with Shane in the last couple years, and we drive around in his golf cart, and, and I knew he was struggling, but we got to talk about the Lord. And we got to talk about salvation, and we got to talk about the things of God. And, and I got to encourage him and that God had a plan for his life. And that all these circumstances and situations in his life seemed to be so overwhelming and then he had this sickness but I know in this last year he was just clinging to hope he was just clinging to to find something and my heart grieved because I know he didn't fully find it he knew Jesus he knew salvation but I just it just broke my heart to watch him because I just knew he was lost. And he said, at one point he said, well, just, maybe if I could just find another wife, if I could just find this thing. And I said, well, you know, that would be wonderful, but we both know that Jesus is the only thing. We both know that Jesus is the only thing that the end, the end of the day when you're at home and the, you're all alone. And there's nobody there. And there's, I mean, if Jesus doesn't come in that moment, if Jesus doesn't come and his hope doesn't come, and fulfill, come in and it fulfill you, you know, sadness, all these things can overtake you. But the power is in the name of Jesus.
And I, and I shared that story because I just really was thinking about that when we can gravitate towards this idea of reading God's word, it is more than just something we do. We should read God's word every day. But really what we're doing is we're breathing life into ourselves. We're breathing hope into ourselves. And as the Bible says, we're renewing our mind day by day. Isaiah 30, 21 says, God's word will speak to us. Jeremiah 2, 9 says, God's word will ignite our hearts. I looked it up because I, lo I love this. I love the scripture. He cried. This is Jeremiah 29. He cried, if, if I say I will not mention your name or speak any more in his name, then with me there is something like a fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah 29 said, Is not my word like a fire? I just want to touch on that for a minute because, you know, when you read the word of God, there's just, I don't know about you, but I can't help but not talk about Christ and what he's done for me. I can't help but talk about how he rescued someone a broken young boy. I can't help, because people ask me questions like, well, how did you raise five girls for all those years? I said, well, I had a great church. I had a great family. But it was God. I mean, I called my mom more than once crying at night. Because I thought them girls were going to kill me. Emotionally, I mean, goodness, they just, you know. But I knew God's word, you know, and I spoke God's word over them. We talked about God. We talked about the things of God. We talked about, that, about their personal relationship with who he is. Because many on Sunday mornings, you know with kids, it's hard to get them to church. Especially when they get older, a little bit teenagers and stuff, and it's, it's a hard thing. But I remember just talking to him. I said, well, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, and he's your friend, I mean, he, if he is, he is. I said, you can give him one hour a week. Or let's say it's two hours a week. Because in any other relationship, you would feel that that was pretty normal. Because he's not a faraway God. He's, t he's, he's right here, right here, right now. He's our friend. And if we can look at it like that, and if we can teach our children to see him in that way, it changes everything. Because when you're a second generational Christian, my kids did not have the experience I did from coming from the world to salvation. 
Now they have just the experience of being in church and, and knowing God and experiencing God, you know, basically for their entire life. So I think it's really important that, that when we communicate a personal relationship, but really it's the word. I mean, we talked about the word all the time. Was I perfect? No. <laughs> but you know, the word is hidden in their hearts. Let's hide the word of God in our children's hearts. But more than that, let's, let's take an everyday examples and just walk with them. And just walk with them through what it is to be a friend to God. Because really, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. That he's your friend. Because when you can see God like that, it changes everything. Then he's not far away, but yet he's near. In Psalms 119, 89, it says, The word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 40 and 8, God's word will stand forever. Amen? So we're going to skip ahead a little bit. This is uh, what William read, but uh, I'm going to read it again. Uh, Hebrews uh, 1, 3. He created all things by the, by the word of his power. Why didn't why did this say by the power of his word? Why didn't it say the power of his word? Because it is always, because it always, because it always, by putting the word of God first in our lives, and in our heads, and in our hearts, and in our conversations, and in our correspondent actions, that the power of God will then be released to bring the promise from Scripture into existence within our lives. That's just such a powerful statement. It's really what we've been talking about. Is that God's Word is powerful. It changes things. That's when I pray, when we go to pray for something, you know, we speak the name of Jesus and something changes and something happens. Their power rises up. I mean, everybody, I love praying for people. I love prophesying. But it's just like all of a sudden, man, it's in the name of Jesus. And I feel something shift in me. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of the living God. And in that, that's what heals that's what restores. That's what makes new. It's his power, but it is his word. And he is the word. Jesus is the word. So when we speak Jesus' name, we're speaking the word. A little further down. God has ordered which in the word first, then the power to sustain the word, time, the word time, and then the manifestation of his promise. 
The word works with confirmation. This is Mark 6.20. The Lord works with, with them confirming the word with signs following. So that's just what I was saying. So when we speak the word, signs and wonders follow. Amen? Because that's what changes everything. So receiving the word with a ready mind. So how do we do that? Daily reading, church services, life situations. But I want to skip a little further down. I'll talk about the scripture here in Hebrews 4.2. So it says the wrong, way, the wrong response to the word of God is described for us in Hebrews 4.2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them, that they heard it. They heard it, but they didn't mix it with their faith. So the right way for us to respond to God's word is found in Acts 17.11. There were more noble, they were more noble to those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. And that's, you know, there's, the scripture talks about study the word to show yourself approved. And I know we're, we're kind of re-reading, re, just kind of going over things, but, but it's really important that, that when we hear the word, we read the word, we come with a readiness of mind, and then we search the scriptures for ourselves. Amen? Because we shouldn't just be led by other people's teachings. We shouldn't just take somebody's word for it. And if we're not sure, we can ask. But we need to study the word to show ourselves approved. But really, it's for edification of our personal life. When we understand, we start to read to God's word, we start to understand the concepts that are in God's word, it changes everything. It changes our whole circumstances. Meditation on the Word. It is not enough to merely hear the Word and intelligently receive it with a good attitude. But we must, in Colossians 3.16, says, let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. We can meditate, contemplate things, contemplate thinking about the Word. We're going to Kind of skip through some of that because that comes into the conclusion. But I get I like this idea of meditation because we we you know we talk we talk a lot about prayer, but meditation is prayer. But we don't. I don't think I don't know. I've never really heard anybody teach about it. 
But when we meditate on God's word, I guess that's kind of my, that's what I probably do more than anything. No, I can read and I can pray for someone. I can pray for circumstances and situations. But, you know, when you hear something, you can meditate on it. What, is that, what does that mean? That means that you're, you, you, what, your spirit man, so it's like, so when I get a word from Dave Wagner, so Dave Wagner will be here tonight. So if I get a word from Dave Wagner, I need to meditate on what he said. Now some of it's going to be maybe a now word, part of it is going to make sense to me in the moment. But I need to meditate on what he said. And so what does that mean? That means that we think about it, we take it apart. I was going to bring it, but one of the things I was thinking about, um, just because it was kind of funny in my head, um, was, but it was in my boat, so I couldn't get it out. Um, so is when, you, when you're fishing, you have this ruler, right? And so, you know, when you're talking to people about fishing stories, you know, the thing about the, how big was it? Somehow that thing just keeps growing and growing every time, every time you tell the story, you know. But my point is, is that, you know, throughout the Bible, even the Old Testament, they weighed everything. They had a measure. So what stuff was worth, it was measured. And you measured against the word of God. That's one of the things I've always seen. It's like, so when I get a word, when I get something or God starts to speak to me, I line it up with the word. I measure it with the word. I'm like, okay, Lord, you, what in your word lines up with this? And it's amazing because all of a sudden God will just start downloading scripture to me. Remember what I said here. Remember what I said here. And then I'll, I'll go in the word and I'll find it. And, you know, It's that relationship that God's looking for. For me, meditating is really just having a conversation with God on a daily basis. Really, for me, it's like all the time. Like, he's in my head all the time. Like, me and him are having conversations, even while I'm preaching, or talking, preaching. I'm, I'm actually talking to him in my head. Because me and him are always having a conversation and I'm always asking him questions. What I love about the Lord is he's always willing to listen. He's always willing to answer. He's always willing to talk back if I'm willing to listen. So speaking the word of God. Why do we only want, why do we only want to speak the word of God? Because in Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And that is so true. We can encourage someone and we can tear them down. We can exhort, we can build somebody up. Or we can tell them everything that they're doing wrong. But what do you think sounds more like God? You know, it's so easy to criticize people, but do we love people? Do we encourage them? Do we support them?
Genesis 1 says, God said, and it was so. God's word provided us, God's word provides us with words of faith. The Bible is our source for this, for this, God's type of faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the power of God is released when you speak the word of God in faith. And just in summary, so receive the word with a ready mind and a teachable, open, be open and expected. Check it out for yourself. Get your head and your heart revelation on the matter. Meditate on the word of God's promises. Speak the word of God over your, over your life. In situations, even if the contrary to your present state, meaning no matter what your circumstances are, even if it doesn't seem like it's changing, continue to speak the word of God over your life. Finally, provide course, corresponding actions in line with what you are believing and speaking in order to release God's power. Mark 16.20 In your life to bring about the promises of the word. So God's wonderful word is this very beginning of our Christian ex extension of huh? existence. existence. That's what I thought it was. I'm getting tired. <laughs> Christian existence of our life and the source of our faith for victorious, victorious Christian living. Let us make every effort to study and to apply the truth. Jesus said in John 3, or 8, 31 and 32, If you continue in my word, then you are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall, not, you, ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. So there's a, there is a, a questionnaire. So if you go online, I'd like you guys to, if you would do this for me, go online, go through this again. And just really read it. I mean, read last week's and this, and there's a questionnaire. And, and the idea of it is, is that we, we are all um, on the same page as a church, as a body. You know, because it, it it's really important. It's, it's kind of like a job, Okay. So if I, I own my own business, a lot of you own your own business. Truth being is, is that if I don't go to the job prepared, guess what's going to get done? Nothing. If I don't go to the job and have the right tools for each individual, what's going to get done? Nothing. And so t together as a family, as a community, you know, let's participate in this. This is really, um, it's David, but it's our vision. It's Tom's vision. It's, 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 you know, a lot of, it's David Lyon's gift and, 
And together we're going to apply it. Because we're building something not just for us. And though we even know a lot of these things, you know, the thing is we can never get enough of the Word of God. And the other thing what we need to understand is the very foundation that we lay, that will be laid for another. Those people that are coming. Those people that are coming six months from now. Because we can say, you know, we did this, went through it, so here's what you should do. Let's go through it together again. Go through salvation. Go through the Word. Because this is a season, I'm going to speak prophetically, this is a season where God is bringing the lost and the broken. And I believe that what God is doing in this church is that He is preparing us for the lost and the broken. For those that have been hurt in the church. For those that have been wounded. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, in the months ahead, God is going to start to bring the broken and the lost. So the question is, will we, will we prepare the way? Will we have a structure in place that, that it's not one individual, but together we can start having the tools and we can start walking with them? All of us. Remember the prophetic word, we're a house of pastors. It's not one above another. There's not one individual gift above another. But if we can have this common ground and these, these tools, then guess what? We're all functioning. We'll all have our part in the body. And guess what will happen? People will be blessed. Lives will be changed. And isn't really that our greatest desire? That we will have an impact? That we can change? Uh, we can have the tools so that it's not like we just have to call, well, you need to talk to Pastor Tom. But you know what? We really have the tools to disciple one another. And it's, when you're building anything, if you all have the same foundation, it is huge. Because we're all coming from the same point of view from the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Thank you for bearing with me. That was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of reading for me, being dyslexic. So, thank you. But, 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 but let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your Word. Father, I just thank you, Father, for your goodness. And Father, today, Lord, as we read your word, I pray it would quicken to our hearts, O oh God. Father, I pray, Father, that, Lord, as this week goes on, Lord, as, as we heard the word, Lord, it resonate in our soul, O oh God. Father, that it would be food for us, God. And Father, we just pray for, for the lost and the broken today. Father, we pray for those souls, Father, that are looking, Father, for something that is real and tangible. And I pray, Father, that you would draw them, Father, to your word, that you draw them, Father, to individuals, even within this church. But God, I pray in this season, Lord, that your presence would be all of, within us and about us, O oh God.
I pray, Father, that, that in these moments that, Lord, you would release your anointing to break the yoke of the enemy. I believe there's a moment in God, I believe in this season, that God is breaking the hold of the enemy. I see like blinders coming off of individuals and lost, and they're broken. And Lord, I pray, Father, that, Lord, we would line ourselves up with your word. Lord, that we would have things in place, Lord, that we could give them the tools and the, and the things, Lord, that they could grow suddenly. Doesn't need to take five and ten years for someone to know God. But Lord, we release the suddenlies of God that in moments, Father, they have a personal relationship. They're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're set free, O oh God. Father, we just we come before you, Lord. We don't just ask that, Lord. We declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare your promises, O oh God. Father, we declare, Father, that your word that is revelatory, Lord, it is the revelation of Jesus will come alive in our lives so the world will see it, O God. Lord, that the lost and broken would be drawn to that which is alive. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I release that over our lives today. Lord, I pray that you quicken this word to our hearts. It's not about me, it's not about, but Lord, your word is life. And life everlasting. Lord, release your life that is everlasting over us right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, loose your presence in this room. Wow. Come on, God is doing something. Wow, wow. God's shifting something. I'm telling you, God's going to do so. God's going to be speaking to you more clearly this week than He ever has. I'm telling you, as you meditate on God's Word, as, as Lord, we went through all these scriptures, but I'm telling you, something is shifting even in this house. Wow. Something is shifting. God is preparing the harvest. And the question is, will we be ready? Father, I release, Father, that we are ready, Lord. We, we, Father, we surrender to you. Lord, Lord, use us. Lord, use us, Father, that they may see you. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, have a great day. Bless you. Amen. Woo. Yes, we have six o'clock tonight. We have another meeting. Dave Wagner's going to be here. So you're all welcome to come back and be blessed. Uh, Dave should be good as usual, you know. Just trying to make you laugh a little bit. Love you guys. Bless you. Have a great day.